fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats of course with you as always i am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host tim tap committee alive from historic rogan county tennessee and glad to have everybody here who is listening live although at the moment i'm completely and totally unaware of who you are as uh, given the last several usual broadcast times i have missed for one reason or another uh, btr and skype both are trying to make up for lost time and just throwing on a ton of technical glitches that i normally have one or two here or there and at the moment i'm still desperately trying to to get my screens up uh, so i can uh, get control of the switchboard and uh, i was kind of hoping that that would come up uh, and start working before uh, skype did however uh, i was sadly mistaken there so as soon as i can guys for those of you that are listening i will get over and open up the chat room and give you guys a shout out but in the meanwhile glad to have you here and certainly have missed you over the last couple of of weeks have missed multiple uh, broadcasts due to one thing or another, uh, most of which really isn't worth going into, but a lot of overtime at the day job has worn me down, uh, had some family stuff come up, and of course we had Thanksgiving not too long ago, and then I had a couple of days where I just flat out wasn't feeling very well, and you know, just one thing piled on top of another, and here we are. So, congratulations on surviving uh, Thanksgiving. 
I hope you guys enjoyed it. It means we are now officially, as far as I'm concerned, in the Christmas season. I, I don't like skipping right over Thanksgiving, and of course we've lamented that several times here on this broadcast. We, in fact, have talked a lot about the reason why the secular world loves just zooming right over Thanksgiving. Uh, they love trying to vilify the the pilgrims. They love trying to find any excuse to make it seem like Thanksgiving is, in fact, a celebration of colonialism, a celebration of the destruction of the indigenous people. Uh, it's because they hate actual people of faith, and that's what the pilgrims were. And uh, in giving thanks, that's exactly what you're Doing. There's literally no way to twist and prod and commercialize to the point that you can completely squeeze all of the religious aspects out of Thanksgiving. Uh, they've managed to do that fairly well with Christmas to the point that we're not even allowed to watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special on the standard networks anymore. Uh, all because there's one little scene where Linus is reading in the play. Uh, from the greatest story ever told. So uh, here we are, and we're doing this. And of course, we're still uh, having our election at this point, as nothing has been settled yet, now, despite the best efforts of the media, despite the best efforts of everyone who's got a D at the end of their name. And uh, right now, looking at about three quarters of the people with an R at the end of their name, because they don't want to be seen as somebody who held up progress. They don't want to be seen as the enemy by the media and by the Democrats. But bad news, guys, as long as you keep that R at the end of your name, no matter what you do behind closed doors, at least publicly, you do have to be the enemy. It's required. It's who you are. It's who they are. They can't help it. Ooh, wait, what's this? I, we may be on the verge Maybe on the verge here. I, I think I'm starting to get some of my screens finally working. Let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. Trying to get the chat room open. Uh, be patient. Oh, wait. Nope. It just went away. Ah. <laughs> All right. But, of course, this is the thing that happens when you've been away for a while, right? All right. So there's several stories I want to get to. Now, obviously, a lot of things have happened, and a lot of things – where I'm kind of accustomed to being a little ahead of the curve sometimes or being right at the cutting edge at the time of the live broadcast. Uh, a lot of things have happened. A couple of them I'm probably going to revisit over the course of the next few broadcasts because they're important stuff. And uh, you kind of got glossed over or kind of got pushed to the side rather quickly. And in those instances, we will uh, rehash some things. So you're going to hear some things from me a little bit, especially those of you – that are still listening to the rebroadcast of the show, great places across the country like KYAH, 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, uh, places like WCET in Columbia, South Carolina, whether you're listening at WCETFM.com or on the app. Places like KDIL, 105.7 FM in Kennewick, Washington, and places like KOII, 94.5 FM in Flagstaff, Arizona. And very much hoping – that those stations will continue, but I know uh, that uh, situations arise, things change, and some of the stations uh, on that list were seriously contemplating uh, changing formats, moving away from talk radio altogether, uh, and it's kind of looking like they're still heading in that direction. So hopefully 
Hopefully we can still save talk radio. And uh, if we do lose a, a few stations, uh, maybe we can pick up a few more somewhere else. There's usually no shortage of that. Now, I would really like it if this would let me get my chat room opened up because I'm like really, really close. Uh, everything seems to be going uh, in that direction. Oh, wait, wait. I think we're having some progress here. And is it going to open? I, I love doing this stuff on the year, too. So anyway, uh, as I was saying, lots of stories ongoing, a lot of things I haven't touched on, but things that are still breaking. So we have to move forward, too. So we're going to keep an eye on things that are going on out there. And, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm still super distracted. It looks like the chat room is finally open. So for those of you who have been trying to get into the chat room, uh, jump right in now. You should be able to get there. In the meanwhile, I'm going to start jumping into some of these stories. We're going to try to get some of these out. And, you know, we'll play uh, some Christmassy bumper music. And, and I am getting to it. I, I still haven't been feeling great. Uh, the last few days in particular, but I'm hoping that getting on the air and getting back to uh, a bit more of a regular routine will help. And it certainly doesn't hurt that I have my Christmas tree over here lit up, and I'm starting to feel the season. Part of feeling the season, however, starts with talking about this continuing election. And one of the stories that are ongoing right now uh, that you should be aware of is the Georgia Secretary of State has opened officially 250 separate investigations into, uh, according to him, credible claims of illegal voting. Ooh, this is a, despite the fact that uh, he and the governor have already tried to uh, move forward, hoping to certify their election there. Georgia is still a major player in how things could potentially go the direction of Trump snatching victory from the jaws of the uh, attempted defeat here. Now, the Georgia Secretary of State, uh, Brad Raffensperger, Raffensperger, happens to be a Republican if you're keeping score. That doesn't seem to matter that much in this scenario. Well, he announced this past Monday that the state of Georgia has opened 250 separate investigations into, quote, credible claims of illegal voting and violations of state election law. So at a press conference, the good Secretary of State, Mr. Brad, he was very careful to qualify his statements, noting that dishonest actors were pushing massive amounts of misinformation into the media ecosystem. Rassensperger appeared to slam Trump's legal team without directly naming them, saying that they were, quote, exploiting the emotions of many Trump supporters with fantastic claims, half-truths, misinformation, and, frankly, they were misleading the president as well. Oh. So he, he's being critical of them and, and saying that, hey, there's not enough stuff to do anything here, and this is just bad for the president. I'm just thinking about, I'm just thinking about Donald Trump, who's going to have his hopes raised so very high. Now, trust me, he is preparing, and he's made it quite clear that he's preparing for the possibility of having to exit. 
the possibility of despite the best efforts, despite fighting the good fight, despite making every possible uh, maneuver that you can, that at the end of the day, this stolen election will indeed be taken. That's why you've seen him go ahead and start doing pardons. That's why you've seen him start moving forward with initiatives to try and make things harder for a Biden administration to, to stop certain investigations, for example. Started making moves to make sure that it'll be a little bit harder for a President Biden who's going to be freely able to write any executive order. He wants to because it's okay if you have a D at the end of your name to write an executive order. It's perfectly acceptable to write anything you want, and only Republicans are not allowed to write executive orders or to cancel executive orders from previous presidents. But it's a new rule. It's a new rule. It's only existed since Trump, but it will be the rule moving forward. Anyway, continuing back to the story going on in Georgia, uh, quote here, as we move forward in the process, we will, as we always have been, we will continue to investigate credible claims of illegal voting and violation of state election laws. There are currently over 250 open cases from 2020, and we have 23 investigators to follow up on that. Some of these include a charge that uh, Gwinnett County, uh, that absentee ballots outnumber absentee envelopes. Uh, this is a kind of specific charge that our office can investigate and ascertain the truth. <clears throat> I want to stop for a second and ponder for just a moment. If you are investigating, if you are literally investigating 250 separate cases of potential voter fraud, especially the likes of which, oh, well, we have way more ballots than we actually have envelopes, how does that happen? How is it at the same time you can turn around and say, well, we're ready to certify this election? How is it that you can turn around and say, clearly there's no evidence of systemic voter fraud? How can you make these assertions when you are actively investigating 250 open cases? Well, I'll tell you how, because you can move on with business as usual. You can move on to trying to get the waters in the swamp back to their usual yummy swampy level where it doesn't matter if you have a D or an R at the end of your name. The only thing that matters is that you play the game. There is plenty of wealth, plenty of power, plenty of opportunity to be had for all who choose to play the game. And all you have to do is sell your soul. All you have to do is pretend like you don't have a job to do. All you have to do is pretend like you don't hear the American people who have been sadly silly enough to elect you to your current position. That's all you have to do, and there's plenty of opportunities. He continued by saying, quote, we have multiple investigations underway surrounding absentee balance in Fulton, uh, Gwinnett, Cobb, and many others. We continue our investigations into potential dead, double voters, and non-resident voters. As we move to the December 1st election, which is tomorrow, which of course was today, time of the live broadcast, but like I said, the story was from Monday… 
uh, and the January 5th federal runoffs, we have to remain vigilant. Yeah. And, of course, uh, going back and quoting, that's why he's announcing an investigation into third-party groups working to register people in other states to vote here in Georgia. Now, what he's talking about there is the leftist idea a bunch of folks from California are trying to move to Georgia just long enough to vote for this upcoming senatorial runoff election, and then most likely we'll be heading right back out to California. Now, the folks of Georgia had best hope they're planning on doing that. Go go back to California. Do not bring all your crazy leftist ideologies here and ruin the state of Georgia. That's what they better hope for. But you see, they're worried about shutting the barn door after the horse is out, if you will forgive my East Tennessee colloquial uh, saying. And of course they are because they do have an R at the end of their name in this situation. They do want to hold power. They want to continue to either hold their current position or advance. They want to play the game. They don't want to go away. They don't want to give up what they've gotten. So they don't want Democrats coming along and taking over and shortchanging them and you know, doing all the things that Democrats typically tend to do. But they also want to run these investigations in a time, in a frame where it's not going to matter when it comes to the outcome of the presidential election. Because again, I'll remind you that there is absolutely no shortage of people that have an R stuck at the back of their name that would just as soon see Donald Trump go away as there are people that have a D at the end of their name, as there are uh, the leftists operating around the country, as there are unfortunate individuals who have been led astray by their political views to believe that anybody that's conservative is a Nazi. You know, those folks, the misinformed, the useful idiots that the globalists and the leftists uh, like to use as cannon fodder, these folks, they think they're superior. And they think that we're evil. And unfortunately, they don't spend enough time stopping to think about the logic of all the juxtapositions that exist within their platform, all the juxtapositions that exist within the circular <clears throat> reasoning, if you'll allow me to use the word loosely, that allows them to hold that uh, we shouldn't put murderers and rapists to death, but you know who we should kill? It's all those pre-born humans who haven't done anything yet. Yeah, they haven't done anything wrong except, unfortunately, uh, come to reside in the womb of a young woman who uh, just finds it inconvenient. Yeah, that is where we are at. And, you know, my <laughs> – my screen's all froze up again, and hopefully we'll get it unfroze quick enough for me to uh, take the mid-hour break uh, upcoming here shortly. It seems to be loosening back up. Let's see if we can slide over back into the chat room again because it went away on me again. Let's see if anybody's popped in so I can give quick shout-outs before we do this. And any second now? <laughs> 
Looks like uh, looks like a Skype caller is popped on. Uh, so somebody listening via Skype, that's fine. Uh, the chat room is finally popping in. Looks like we have a lightweight and chief. Um, uh, lightweight has a question: Do I do interviews? Sometimes I do, but I uh, I uh, am not doing an interview today. So there you have it. I'm assuming that's probably lightweight on the line too. And I really wish that I could get this squared away. All right. So at any rate, as soon as my switchboard will start working again, we will slide into the mid-hour break. And uh, from there, let's see here. Talking about class action lawsuit about Kamala citizenship. All right. Um, you know what, Nathan? Uh, not tonight, but we can uh, revisit it uh, on a uh, new up uh, on one of the upcoming later this week broadcast. If uh, if that's all right with you, sir. Uh, now, I would really like it. If my switchboard would cooperate. And okay, so now I well had comment. I thought we had it going on. See, I, I I just I can't stand it. I really can't. Just it's just ridiculous. So at any rate, I will continue to talk while I try to get uh, things to work here. And uh, it really comes down to a couple of very simple things. We continue to see plenty of circumstances that are questionable, to say the least, and yet we continue to hear from a multitude of people that it's practically criminal to be willing to question these things. Reasonable, logical people have a habit of asking questions. It's what most people should be willing to do. It's what most people should want to do. You see something, you have a question, and you ask that question. I, I don't like an America where we're not allowed to say these things. I don't like an America where we're canceled because we're expected to sit down and shut up if we have uh, just just a question. If we point out that something seems rather anomalous. I much prefer an America where, yes, the leftists are allowed to talk, but uh, so are the folks that lean to the right. I prefer to live in an America where we are allowed to speak our mind, period. That's the America I want. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and take that mid-hour break now. I think everything seems to be working. You guys stay right where you're at, and we will pick up on the flip side uh, Thanks for being here. the threat against our way of life be the biased leftist media, the government school system, 
lying creatures, etc., a new day of greatness shall soon dawn here in America. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, the leftists have been trying to destroy our beloved republic ever since the Founding Fathers signed the Declaration of Independence. They understood that we, the people, were destined by God Almighty to be free and to enjoy the benefits of liberty. For God gave us brains to make decisions and get things done without the egotistical control freaks trying to control us from cradle to grave. I foresee an outbreak of true morality throughout the land as more and more of our fellow countrymen and women realize that in order to be truly free, we must be influenced by and put into practice the high moral standards which long ago came from God Almighty. Just know that America's enemies around the world and domestically strutting their stuff will soon collapse in utter defeat and big-time disappointment as America will truly be great again. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. Are you looking for a job because you got laid off because of the coronavirus? Most veterans think that the GI Bill can only be used for college, but that's not true. It can also be used for retraining programs. So if you're out of work and looking for a new career, go to the VA.gov and look at the GI Bill benefits. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. Become a WCET late-nighter today. What is a late-nighter, you ask? A late-nighter is a loyal listener who wants access to the WCET radio shows on demand and wants to contribute to the station's growth with an annual or monthly listener contribution. Late-nighters also get priority access to host call-in shows, special WCET swag, and late-nighter-only events on the network. Become an annual late nighter and get a free WCET Stop the Censorship t-shirt sent directly to you all over the world. Just click one of Become a Late Nighter buttons all over WCETradio.com to subscribe. Without you, there is no us. static feedback. It's not wanting to play the music quietly. That's weird. Okay. I am just having all kinds of difficulties tonight. This is what I get, though. This is what I get for being away for a while. I should have known. This is just the way it goes. What else can you say? Except for the fact that I'm still glad to be back. And uh, I am also uh, thankful to for those of you who reached out while I was uh, out sick. Thank you so much uh, uh, for reaching out and for uh, being ever so kind to me, a few folks did, and uh, very grateful for it. It is uh, also very, very nice to know that people care, you know, especially, 
especially this time of year. And I'm trying to get back to my regular freaking. <sighs> I have hey, Yeah, this is going to be a great broadcast for rebroadcast purposes. I got to tell you, uh, <laughs> this, believe it or not, is going to be redone on the radio. I I am so very glad to be back though, and. Uh, Part of that is because there's still so much going on, and we've really got to kind of get into a lot of it. And I think this little piece of information that a lot of folks have been ignoring for a while is very interesting, and is certainly worth discussing. It's not in the show description uh, today because it's something that I came across after I scheduled the show, and so I'm going to try to just hit this. And then trying to catch up in the second hour uh, with the other stuff that's there. But the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, a.k.a. the CDC, has repeatedly said that the very first case of COVID-19 in the United States was officially diagnosed on January 19th, 2020, way back at the beginning of this year. The interesting thing now is that the CDC is uh, kind of changing that timeline. They're making some small alterations. Uh, not a lot, but a little bit. And it's kind of interesting because if you'll recall, once we finally got word about what COVID was and what the expectations were and still well before we knew much of anything at all – I was telling you then, I'm pretty sure COVID was already in the United States. I'm pretty sure a lot of people suffered from COVID-19 as early in the United States, a widespread circulation of it as early as August. Because I don't know about where everyone else is, but in this neck of the woods where I'm broadcasting from, there were a lot of flu-like illnesses through August all the way through December, right here in East Tennessee. And I say flu-like because the symptoms were very much flu-like in nature. However, the flu tests that were ongoing you know, to verify, and a lot of these patients who had more severe uh, cases, uh, the doctors would run the tests, and they would see if they could determine uh, what the flu was. And they do some of that to try and help make sure if, they're, if they have the flu vaccines out and going on, if they need to tweak them or make some adjustments for a different strain that might be. And they make those efforts early on, and it's very wise of them to do so, I must say, because you really do have a set of circumstances where – the guessing game about what strain of flu is going to be running wild in any particular season is exactly that. It's a guessing game, and it's very difficult. It's part of the reason why a lot of people feel like uh, flu vaccines are completely useless. Uh, some people have their tinfoil hats over there, and they're all about, ooh, uh, vaccines are, you know, insert whatever belief you have. And again, I'm not knocking the tinfoil hat crowd. For any new listeners, I have a a nice set of tinfoil hats of my own. I do not just toss these ideas aside. But at the same time, uh, that is usually where that thought process is relegated. Everybody wants to pretend like you're just a crazy person because it helps them sleep at night. Okay, That's part of the reason. So I was saying then that I think COVID was already running rampant through the United States then and probably earlier than that in order for it to have been so prevalent at that point in time here. 
But that's what makes this interesting because this new study shows that testing has found that COVID-19 infections in the United States uh, in mid-December of 2019. The study, of course, which was published Monday, identified 106 infections from 7,389 blood samples collected from donors in nine U.S. states between December 13th and January 17th. The samples collected by the American Red Cross were sent to the CDC for testing, which showed antibodies in 39 samples from California, Oregon, Washington State, all of which were collected between December 13th through the 16th. Quoting here uh, from the paper, quote, the findings of this report suggest that SARS-CoV-2 infections may have been present in the United States in December of 2019, earlier than previously recognized. It's important to pay attention to how they word that because, yes, it was earlier than it was recognized because at that point, why would anybody have been looking for COVID-19? Because the other big new breaking COVID story is the fact that CNN has finally gotten around to reporting on leaked documents that have proven without a shadow of a doubt that the Chinese government, in fact, was actively preventing information about the COVID Wuhan bat flu stew business even circulating. The bat stew flu of Wuhan, the Red Death, whatever, you know. However you want to refer to it, this nasty business was kept secret over there, and I'll remind you the very underreported story of officials both in Spain and in Portugal uh, who were doing random uh, tests under wastewater, and they discovered DNA droppings of evidence of COVID-19 there in the spring of 2019. So it was out and about. It was traveling the world. It was already – it was clearly not quite as um, – not quite as quickly spreading around the world as we've been led to believe, along with lots of other things that we've been led to believe about the virus. But the key here is they're trying to, trying to couch us, and they're still trying to act like, well, you know, it was just a little bit earlier. Just a little bit earlier, and it still was in the places that we we recognize we think it pretty much started in the country anyway, which is still a crock. If you had enough blood samples and you were to go through them and you were looking for the antibodies or you were looking for telltale genetic markers, whatever it is, whatever kind of test you want to run that would prove conclusively the presence of the covid then I'm quite certain you could trace back some cases all throughout the country, not just in the West Coast states. And I'm pretty sure you could find them much earlier than December 13th, assuming that you still had viable samples to test. And that really is the ultimately uh, the, the big thing. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is. Uh, that they were allowed to do. But here's the thing that happened in Spain and also in Portugal is they found a, anomalous readings that they could not identify. 
And it wasn't until later when testing for COVID-19 became more prevalent that somebody got the wise idea of saying, you know what? You remember those anomalous tests we got a while back? Let's do a comparison and boom. Looky there. If we were to do a similar thing in the United States and probably lots of other places around the world, we would find this terrible, terrible secret that they've been keeping from us, except I don't know that it's actually a secret. I, I don't know that anybody was keeping the secret outside of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, clearly, they were aware. Clearly, they took steps. They, they had all kinds of information working, and they made every effort to keep that quiet for as long as they could when it came to spreading it around the world, although they took rather <clears> – shall we, shall we diplomatically call it aggressive actions within their own borders? And uh, that's putting it mildly. But hey, when you're a full-blown communist country, you get to do things like that. And you know, AOC just sets back and salivates, desperately wishing that she too could rule with an iron fist. Uh, because you know, given the way this republic of ours functions, if we manage to save it, and it's going to take some effort, guys. It's not an automatic. But if we manage to save this republic that we're supposed to have, she knows she's just as likely to end up going back to bartending as she is anything else because eventually people are going to get on to her. And even the people in the district that she is from are going to realize that, oh, yeah, that, that full-blown socialist thing, it doesn't really work. All right, so uh, continuing with this story, though, the Wall Street Journal, uh, which first reported the news, uh, wrote, quote, The findings significantly strengthen evidence suggesting the virus was spreading around the world well before public health authorities and researchers became aware, upending initial thinking about how early and quickly it emerged, meaning – Meaning if you want to read that for what's actually there, let's put it in layman's terms, meaning that it did not just run rampant as quickly as we've been led to believe by the media. Now, if you put that official timestamp of, oh, no, there was no cases in the United States before January of this year, then yeah, like wildfire. All over the place and still going strong. You know, we've, we've had the super spreader of the election because, you know, the, the cases started spiking as soon as we had early voting that started. All those in-person voters were spreading it. And now, of course, Thanksgiving was out there. Oh, is it really worth spending a few minutes with Nana if you kill everyone? Again, I will remind you, extremely Extremely low mortality rate from this virus. In fact, I'm still not 100% convinced that it's actually killed anybody. Has it exacerbated other uh, medical issues, triggered something else that uh, caused them to get ill and pass away? It, it may have been a contributing factor in multiple cases. May very well have it. I'm not denying that whatsoever, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to convince you. Oh no, because if you're somebody that believes that you have a family member that was killed by Corona, there's not anybody that's going to convince you otherwise. So I get that. That's understandable. But we keep hearing, follow the science, and the science keeps telling us first and foremost. First thing that science tells us is we don't know a lot. 
There's a lot of things we simply do not know. That's the first thing science teaches us, uh, real science anyway. Uh, the next thing that science teaches us is that there is a learning curve, and the more information we get, the more data we collect, and the more we're able to honestly evaluate that data, the better the picture we have. And the better picture we have, the better understanding we gain, then the better course of actions we can take. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear a gator. No, wait. The gators are, are worse than not wearing a mask at all because it, it – come on. At the end of the day, there's still a lot of things the average person doesn't know about this because the experts still are on that learning curve. A lot of people want to pretend like they know what's best, but – the only true thing that we know, the only 100% true thing that we know is that every leftist out there, and even some folks that claim not to be but evidently uh, are a little bit, they took steps to grow their power. They took steps to grow their authority. Every world leader has more power today because of the fear of COVID than they had before this pandemic began. Every world leader, except for one, actually. There is one world leader that did not claim additional power. In fact, fought against taking additional power. The world leader that right now is being pushed out of office by a stolen election. And I'm talking about Donald J. Trump. You know, I, I keep coming back around as what it, I was not a Trump guy. All right? If you're a longtime listener to this show, if you've been here a lot, you know how I was back in 2016. Uh, Trump was like the last person among the 16 folks that I would have been thinking that I could support. You know, when it was still the primary, I was there. It's like, okay. I mean, uh, he's he's been a registered Democrat for most of his professional adult life. He's given a ton more money to Democrats than he ever has to Republicans. But again, you would expect that living and working in New York because there's a lot more elected officials that happen to be Democrats. And when you're trying to grease the wheels, which is what Donald Trump had to do then, then I guess ultimately you would expect that regardless of what his political beliefs were. When he came out and said some nice things about Planned Parenthood in the earliest days of his campaign, that too concerned me. I mean who are you listening to? What is your source of information? He said a lot of things that weren't exactly constitutional. Constitutional, And again, that's a major concern for me because that's, that's really – if we're going to save the republic, that's the kind of people we need holding office, the people that believe in the constitution, the people that believe in constraining the federal government. And you know, it doesn't hurt to constrain uh, the lower levels of government, the states and counties and – Cities as well, uh, it really doesn't hurt to keep those folks in check because you give them a little too much power. And we see things like these mask edicts all around the country. In fact, we have a county mayor right now in Roan County that uh, 
had been pretty solid conservative uh, for most of his tenure. He's been reelected once, and I think he was planning on being reelected again. But out of the blue, he decided to put a mask mandate. And uh, I got to tell you, a lot of the folks here, when we were being asked, and I think this is a fairly common thing, when we were being asked to wear a mask, we did it. We're like, okay, fine. You know, we we understand your concern, and whether we believe it helps or not, if you believe it and you're asking nicely, we'll respect you and we'll play along if it makes you feel better. Because we don't want to scare people, we don't want to hurt people. Uh, we still want our freedom. We still want our liberty. But yeah, you know, we're we're willing. And a lot of us were like, but as soon as that edict went out. Boom. I don't think I have seen but two people wear a mask in any of the places where they're supposed to be, to the point that there have been threats of potentially using law enforcement to enforce these rules in public places and businesses, except that every law enforcement officer that I've spoken to since this edict was put in place has been like, no, we're we're not going to do anything like that. This This isn't right. So at the end of the the end of all this nonsense, it still comes down to one very simple thing. A man who had become fairly popular, who'd done a very good job, got a little drunk watching others and just assumed that he has the same authority and the same power that these other people who do not have that authority, do not have that power, but they overstep their bounds and nobody's pushing in court because it's for the greater good. And he went one step too far, and he will not be reelected. It's not going to happen. You know, maybe you have enough leftists living up in Knoxville. You definitely have enough in Nashville and out in Memphis, and uh, probably enough down in Chattanooga that you can do stuff like that and get away with it, and maybe even survive your next election cycle. But right here. In Roan County, Tennessee? No. No, I'm sorry. Even the people here that are all about the mask, they're still about their freedom. And they're still about understanding that what authority, what power do you have? They're going to ask the questions. They're going to want answers. So the real question moving forward at that point is what do you do? Each and every one of us is in a position now where we have to make choices. I've been asking people for a long time, please do not mask shame other people, especially if they're people that you know to be generally uh, at least around center, maybe center right, maybe maybe just slightly center left, not, not too far. But if they're wearing a mask because they feel better doing it, don't shame them. I mean I, I've seen a lot of people do it. I, I've seen a lot of people uh, try to bash good conservative uh, folks who have taken a position where we need to take the steps necessary to stop it kind of thing. Because like, I get that motivation. We just simply cannot fight each other. And be successful at the real fight. And the real fight has to still remain focused on saving our republic. The real fight has to be focused on helping Donald Trump find that constitutional way to 
salvage the stolen election. And if that can't happen, then in finding ways to legally fight every single policy that a <clears throat> Biden slash Harris slash whoever, however that administration ends up looking like, because we all know Joe Biden is not going to be the the head of the ticket for very long. And most of us are reasonably certain he's never actually going to be the head guy anyway. I mean, why would he be in charge when Barack Hussein al-Akbar Obama was never the guy in charge when he was <clears throat> the chief executive? All we ever actually saw Barack Obama do, other than sign a, a lot of unconstitutional executive orders, was campaign and vacation. Campaign, vacation. Play some golf because, whoo, it's hard work campaigning and vacationing. And again, I would like to remind a lot of folks that I, it still remains strange in my mind that a lot of those vacations were never with the so-called wife and kids. Just food for thought. All right. Well, since a lot of the radio stations that rebroadcast this show do so in one-hour increments, we're looking at time to reset the hour. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Hope you guys will bear with me while I do. For those of you that are here live, if you're planning on hanging around for hour number two, we will start right after that. But for all you fine folks across the country listening to great radio stations like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, WCET FM in Columbia, South Carolina, KDIL 105.7 FM in Kennewick, Washington, or KOII 94.5 FM in Flagstaff, Arizona. If you're listening to any one of those locations, uh, please remember, good chance you'll get to hear hour number two this same time just the next day. So uh, same tap time, same tap channel. And meanwhile, don't go anywhere. Uh, if you're here live, we will start hour number two right after here. Uh, remember, for the rest of you, though, whatever else you do, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and, more importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, be smart out there, guys, even if it goes against your nature. Above the gun Hear the wind Across the plain There is no fear That I must contain And I'm in the eye Of the hurricane I see the sweat Across his brow Draw in eternal now. The fastest one is the one who's slain. I still stand, got the better aim. And I miss the eye of the hurricane. 
Because of foreign wars we wage More to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've got to be free You're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I'm your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming live from the store in County, Tennessee. And even though I am going out worldwide live right now, I know that the overwhelming majority of you fine folks that listen to this broadcast do so either as the rebroadcast on great radio stations across the country or – listening to the podcast after the fact. In either case, first, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it greatly. And secondly, for your benefit, the time of the live broadcast, of course, is December 1st, 2020. And it is right now, this very moment, a few brief moments after 8 p.m. Eastern. So glad to have all of you guys along with me. Uh, Glad to have Lightweight and uh, Chief hanging out with me in the BTR chat room. I suspected the chat room would be a little sluggish after the biggest part of two weeks of being down for one reason or another. I was not at all surprised to see a lot of folks not make it into the broadcast. Now, uh, Lightweight is a new to uh, the chat room, so I haven't got a chance to to get to know uh, them very well yet, so uh, welcome to the show. I hope you'll decide to hang around and uh, join us on the uh, regular. 
Uh, in the meanwhile, uh, Chief, of course, is uh, the host of a great program in its own right. It's called Simple Facts of Life. And, of course, if you are so inclined, you can discover him at blogtalkradio.com. Uh, once you are there at the top of the uh, homepage, you will see a search bar. You can very easily put in QMCUSN, and that will take you straight away to a show page. However, if you're driving around right now listening to one of those great radio stations like I've been mentioning already, and uh, by the time you get to a place where you can put that in your search bar or you're looking it up and say you want to check it out, uh, maybe you're trying to remember. What, what was that again? Much easier to remember the name of the show. Simple Facts of Life. You put that in, you'll have to scroll down a little bit, but you will be able to find him. And you can listen to the plethora of great shows he has in the archives. Or, if you are so inclined, you can join him live on Tuesdays starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you, of course, can eh, you can adjust to your time zone accordingly. I, I have faith in you. I trust you. I believe in you. All right, so uh, here we are. It is December. We are in the Christmas season, so Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, Happy Hanukkah, if you happen to be of the Jewish persuasion. Uh, I'm not going to wish anyone anything about Kwanzaa. It's completely made up by an FBI informant who is playing y'all, okay? You you do your your homework. It's a real thing. Hanukkah is not. The story behind Hanukkah. Uh, Not Hanukkah, not Hanukkah. uh, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa. Hanukkah Hanukkah is a real thing. I See, I I get worked up about this whole Kwanzaa thing, and then I start saying all kinds of crazy stuff. All right, so anyway, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. hope everybody is enjoying the holiday season for which we are still in the midst of. And, you know, in my mind, the holiday season starts uh, at Halloween because I love Halloween as a fun holiday. Uh, Unlike a lot of folks, we do not move immediately after Halloween to Christmas. You don't do it. If you are a full-blooded American who believes in the tenets and the foundations of this country, then you do so. Then you do so based on the fact that Thanksgiving is a great American holiday, and it is also a great time to remind us of why family is important and to remind us of why faith is important. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right. So anyway, hope everyone enjoyed your Thanksgiving holidays. It's not always the easiest thing to do when there is a paranoia paranoia and fear and and all kinds of crazy stuff going on out there in the world. Uh, If you listen to the legacy mainstream media, then you're probably terrified right now that you may have killed a family member just by uh, visiting them via Zoom. Uh, So, you know, hopefully you guys aren't letting. Fear control you. Fear is a bad thing. (laughs) However, if you are concerned about the legacy media and their virtue signaling, uh, then uh, we got a nice little dose of why the left likes to uh, virtue signal. Now, again, if you're a regular listener, if you've been here for a while, you know that I have often made the assertion that – Most people who feel the need to virtue signal 
do so because they are suffering from an obvious lack of actual virtue. And uh, we saw this great report from uh, Hollywood that is a, a prime example of that in action. It, it is good supporting evidence to my premise. See that anti-harassment charity that everybody has heard of, Time's Up? Well, we got a little peek behind the scenes as far as where the money went to, and they spent big time on salaries. But as far as actual spending directed towards victims, uh, well, again, you know, virtue signaling isn't just a great way to not get canceled. Uh, cancel culture and pull effect. It's also a great way to enrich yourself if you know how to play the angles. So the star-studded Hollywood charity Times Up founded after dozens of women came forward to, to speak up about sexual harassment, sexual abuse, and in some cases even sexual assault in the entertainment and media industries. These people rose up and had those discussions. They raised more than $3 million last year. This actually showing up in the New York Post. Raised $3 million last year. But they spent almost all of that on salaries, not actually really helping victims. Now, Time's Up has plenty of A-list backers, people ranging from media moguls like Oprah Winfrey to Hollywood social justice elites like Brie Larson and Reese Witherspoon and Amy Schumer. And at one time, they stood on the front lines of the battle to expose exploitative behaviors in the entertainment industry, backing many of the women who came forward with claims against Harvey Weinstein. And others, of course, but Harvey still gets the most press. He was the biggest deal of the folks that were taken down. But since that time, we, we've moved forward. It's been a few years now. Since that time, the organization is spending more on posh conferences and salaries than it is on victims' causes. The organization, which is comprised of the Time's Up Foundation and – Time's Up Now Incorporated, they raised $3,670,219 in 2018, its founding year, but spent $1,407,032 on salaries and only $312,001 on the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund for people – who've experienced sexual harassment. Again, almost a mil point five compared to 300,000. Now, there's some people that'll say, hey, $300,000 to help this legal defense, but that's huge. And it is. What's the purpose of your organization again? We'll come back around. We'll come back to so altogether, Time's Up spent nearly 40% of its income on salaries. Now, that's a bit high for a nonprofit. In fact, you're, you get much above 10 to 15%, and you're really not talking about a nonprofit anymore. Not really. 
You're not talking about a very good one. Now, maybe you're set up corporately and you've got all the tax exemptions and you've got all the bells and whistles and you're still out there doing the things you're saying you're doing, just not near as much as people would think you were doing. Yeah. But let's let's not forget that a lot of people, when you're choosing a charity to donate to, they have a tendency to expect their money to go towards the actual cause that your charity is supposed to be working on. And in theory… If if you were to take virtue signaling out of the equation and what they signaled was the actual virtue of what these folks were doing, this would be a great cause. It really would. I mean tell me somebody other, of course, than a sexual predator I'm looking at you, Joe Biden. Other than a sexual predator who can't get behind the idea of helping to support people who have been victimized by sexual harassment, I mean legitimate sexual harassment. And uh, actual sexual assault. I mean, I, I this would be a great organization if they were actually doing uh, more of a 90-10 percentage of their spending. Just saying. Anyway, an additional $150,000 went to conferences and retreats. Now, I get maybe needing to do a conference. I, I, I do. I understand that. I mean, it is. It can be a very useful tool as far as building uh, relationships and creating allies and getting forward momentum, maybe even creating, dare I say it, synergy with other organizations. Uh, I hate using the word synergy, by the way, but it's a fun word. I just don't like saying it and being serious about its use. But retreats? Retreats designed to, quote, build community and spark critical conversations about gender equality. Even though the organization's stated mission, at least originally, was to root out harassment in Hollywood, not necessarily to promote workers' rights. Although that's kind of what that was based on. I mean, the Time's Up movement initially was really directed at would-be actresses and actually in some cases pretty big-name, fairly successful actresses who were required to get their start on the old casting couch, who would be blackballed and blacklisted and, and basically booted out of Hollywood by powerful people if you didn't play along with their deviant desires. So in a lot of ways, it was pretty much a a workers' kind of rights deal, but a very specific group. So when you, when you really dig down and look at what the intention was, yeah, okay, uh, shouldn't you have been doing this on a more wide spectrum? Shouldn't you have been trying to help victims of sexual harassment and, uh, dare I say, sexual assault? We got to that point. Not just in Hollywood. I mean, I get it. Time's up. Time to end the casting couch. It is shameful, and it is ridiculous that the casting couch existed in the first place. But beyond that, the fact that it became the dirty little not-so-secret, that became a joke. And this is what Time's Up was really intended to stop. But despite all of where it began, 
Now the organization's website says that its mission is to pursue safe, fair, and dignified work for women of all kinds. We work to make sure that women are free from harassment and other forms of discrimination on the job, have equal opportunities for economic security, and can achieve the highest positions of power wherever they work. Okay, well, depending on how you're planning on going about that, that could either A, be a very lofty goal that's worthwhile and worth pursuing, or B, uh, complete fluff and BS, and uh, let's just call it what it is, more virtue signaling. Because I'm sorry, if you're spending most of your money on salaries and on conferences and retreats, then you're really just hanging out with your buddies, pocketing some cash… And claiming to be doing something good. I, I mean, that is what it is, right? I, am I missing something here? Is is there some place where I'm missing the greater point? Because if I am, then please feel free to let me know. The group did splash out hundreds of thousands of dollars on legal expenses, but it seems to be the suggestion of the New York Post that the money went to high-profile lobbying firms, not defending the victims of high-profile Hollywood aggressors. I'd be curious to find out if Rose McGowan saw any help whatsoever because she's been one of the most vocal and one of the most consistent uh, individuals when all of this started because she was out there. She was times up, hashtag me too, before there was a hashtag me too. Before there was a time's up, she was out there calling it for what it was. She's almost militant in her effort, but you know what? In Hollywood, you almost have to be. If you're going to stand up to where the leftist group think has got you pegged for your profession, you had better dang well be tough enough to be mentally bulletproof. Time's Up has seen its share of controversy since launching back in 2018. 2018, it seems like so long ago, doesn't it? Beyond its expenditures, and that's just a small part of it. In early 2019, former CEO Lisa Border stepped down amid claims that her son had groped a California woman, according to the New York Post. Uh, and despite their pledge to assist the alleged victims of the high-profile aggressor. Time's Up adamantly refused to aid Tara Reid. You remember Tara Reid, right? Uh, and Chief actually made a reference to the Tara Reid story. Uh, you, you may have forgotten Tara Reid by now. The only, the only place that you saw a legitimate news story, legitimate coverage of the story as it should have been was in 60 Minutes, not in the United States, in Australia. Australia's 60 Minutes treated this story like a legitimate news story. Tara Reid is the former aide to then-Senator Joe Biden who came forward in the summer of 2020 to accuse then-Democratic presidential nominee of sexual harassment. You, you remember the story now? It's okay if you don't because if if you are just now starting to find alternative media sources for uh, for your 
selection of information, for your exposure to ideas that you're not going to hear from the legacy media, then it's entirely possible if you were just watching the legacy media in this country that you didn't even hear about Tara Reid because they didn't want you to know. Time's Up refused to give any aid whatsoever to Terry, despite the fact that she should have been a poster child for their movement. But it would have been against Joe Biden. We can't have that. The founder of the hashtag MeToo movement, which gave birth to Time's Up, even sided with Joe Biden at the time, claiming that Biden was still fit to be president despite Reed's allegations of misconduct. Why? Because orange man bad. At that point in time, Biden had navigated the swirling uh, – I don't know. What's, what's a good word here? The swirling – uh, currents of the Democratic primary where everybody realized that they really didn't have any good candidates. So let's go with the old guy who seems harmless. Uh, middle America will vote for him. Yeah, I mean, sure, uh, we'll placate all the flaming socialists in the uh, colleges uh, by saying that uh, he's going to sign on with the Green New Deal and hang out with uh, Bernie Sanders and AOC, and we'll have him do some photo ops, and, and we'll have those guys out there uh, campaigning and acting like, hey, yeah, Joe Biden's our guy, but only in front of their people. Don't you dare. Don't you dare let those people in front of a national camera. Don't you let them say, yeah, Joe Biden's our guy. He's going to go full socialist along with us. Don't let him do that in front of a national media camera. We want we want those silly, silly young people who believe socialism is a good idea because they have a glorious lack of life experience. We want them believing Joe Biden's going to be the most, <clears throat> quote, progressive president in the history of the United States. We want them believing it, but we don't want the average Democrat voter believing it because, first of all, they're not paying that much attention to this. They only listen to our news media outlets, so we can convince them that uh, Donald J. Trump is a racist. Donald J. Trump is hated around the world, making us a potential target. <laughs> Donald J. Trump is laughed at everywhere else around the world. No world leader takes him seriously, despite the fact that five minutes of true news stories says that yeah, they they may not like him, but the reason they don't like him is because he's tough on them. And he's had multiple successes. He got NATO uh, picking up the tab the way they're supposed to. He got peace treaties in operation in the Middle East. Not using the best wordage here, but you know. The acknowledgement of Israel and its right to exist among Arab nations. <clears throat> How is that not Nobel Prize worthy winning? Well, clearly it's not Nobel Prize worthy because the Nobel Prize can only be given to leftists now. Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama is worthy of a Nobel Peace Prize just by breathing. Al Gore is worthy of a Nobel Peace Prize just by putting out environmentalist propaganda 
that allows him to cash in and sell carbon credits, which, by the way, guys, I'm still waiting for someone to explain to me how carbon credits does anything to save the world. Well, I'm purchasing uh, these credits, and in turn, the people that are, are selling me these credits take that money, and, and then they go plant a tree somewhere. Really? Are you sure they're doing that? I mean, really, do you know they're actually planting a tree? And do you get like a little certificate of authentication? Do you get to name your tree? I mean, it, it sounds to me like almost as big a scam as uh, naming a star after someone. Except at least if you name the star, they'll tell you the coordinates. And if you have a telescope, you can actually look and see what star supposedly officially is named after whoever you want it named after. So, I mean, there's some level of tangible evidence there, but uh, do you get to go visit the tree? Do they tell you exactly where the tree was planted? Do they let you know if your tree, your carbon credit, became the victim of a wildfire somewhere in California? Do they tell you these things? Just asking for a friend. I mean, because if it actually helps to save the universe, or at least the, the planet, then shoot, yeah, I'll buy some carbon credits because I don't want to give up my cool stuff that living in a modern industrialized nation has allowed me to, to propagate here. The fact that I'm allowed to have my Christmas tree over here in the corner lit up right now, I don't want to give that up. So uh, yeah, I'll buy a carbon credit instead. That'll make up for it, right? Uh, virtue signaling. Isn't it awesome? Trying to burk. The founder of the hashtag MeToo movement said, quote, my stance has never wavered. Survivors have a right to speak their truth and to be given the space to heal. Biden, she said, could demonstrate what it looks like to be both accountable and electable. How? How? I mean, yeah, yeah, we know the real answer. We want Joe Biden to win because orange man bad. But how can he demonstrate what it looks like to be accountable when he denied it? Anyway, and I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't like any of these years later claims. But there was a heck of a lot more substantiating cooperative evidence to Tara Reid's story than there ever was for any of the crap that they turned into the circus for Brett Kavanaugh. I feel like I'm rehashing a bunch of old stories for some reason. The level of hypocrisy that coincides with virtue signaling is supposed to be ignored. We're not supposed to pay attention to that either. We should believe them, and we should let them tell their truth. How about we just let them tell the truth? And if the truth – and yes, there is such a thing as objective truth. I get subjective truth. I understand the whole Darth Vader killed Anakin Skywalker argument. But the fact of the matter is that Anakin was Darth Vader, so guess what? He's alive up until the point that he dies and then becomes Force Ghost. Really going to a weird place tonight, drawing in the Star Wars mythos. I I, I apologize. <laughs> At any rate, the absurdity that these people are willing to go to. I mean, I'll remind you that Joe Biden did not allow access to private documents, though that could have shed light on Reed's claim. 
that she notified human resources of problematic behavior in Biden's office at the time. No, no. Instead, Biden offered a qualified apology while denying Reed's claim. So, yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry that me coming up behind you and sniffing your hair and groping you uh, uh, made you feel uncomfortable, but I didn't do anything wrong. I use that example because that's an example we know he does. We have indisputable videos and photographic evidence that did doing this countless times with multiple people, uh, some of them rather young, uh, in fact. And in fact, some of the earliest days when he first got the nomination, I put a lot of pictures of that kind of behavior in the slideshows for a bit. And I have a sinking suspicion that I'll probably be doing that again, uh, probably from the moment that a Joe Biden inauguration occurs up until the time that Joe Biden is officially no longer recognized as being the guy in charge. I mean, it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. That he will never have a moment where he does anything other than scribbles his name on places where he's told to do it. But as long as the, the legacy media is saying he's the guy, and as long as there are people that are playing along with that fantasy, well, what can you do? All right, let's take that mid-hour break again. Uh, we got to put these little spots in place to let folks understand that, uh, hey, yeah, we're, we're taking a break. So uh, if you're here live, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, again, just hang out. It'll be brief. And uh, if you're listening to the rebroadcast uh, on great radio stations across the country, remember, uh, support those radio stations any way you can. Uh, it's tough business to be in and even tougher when you – do the conservative talk radio because, uh, you know, a lot of the industries out there are trying to wipe us from the face of the earth. Uh, we're not allowed to have these ideas. We're dangerous people, you know. All right. Anyway, stay where you're at. I'll be right back. candy maker in Indiana wanted to produce a candy that would be a witness, so he made the Christmas Candy Cane. 
Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, the candy maker began with a stick of pure white hard candy to symbolize the virgin birth and sinless nature of Jesus. The candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the name of Jesus who came to earth as our Savior. It also represented the staff of the Good Shepherd who reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs that have gone astray. Realizing his candy was very plain, the candy maker stated with red stripes to symbolize the scourging Jesus received by which we are all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Jesus on the cross so that we could have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy became known only as a candy cane, a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time, but the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that this symbol will again be used to witness the wonder of Jesus and His great love that came down to us remain the ultimate and dominant force in the universe today and forever. Merry Christmas, and may God bless everyone. I'm Ron Edwards. Please check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello and welcome to your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. So, are you getting too much or too little sleep to rest your brain? According to the National Sleep Foundation, too much sleep can be just as bad as too little sleep for you. Scientists think that about seven hours sleep is the optimum for refreshing the body. Here are some tips. Go to bed at the same time every day. Keep your bedroom cool and turn off the television. This has been your Veterans Tip of the Day. I'm Dan Perkins. Late-nighters and WCET radio listeners around the world, listen up. The shop is here, and you can order WCET radio and your favorite show's swag right now and show your friends and your neighbors you're awake by wearing one of our many shirts, including our Stop the Censorship shirt. That one is a hot seller, so get yours while supplies last. We have coffee mugs, clocks, so you never miss your favorite shows, books, mouse pads, and more coming soon. Just go to WCETradio.com and click the shop link. That's WCETradio.com and get to shopping. There was once upon a, a time that to be a Republican in this area of the country felt a little bit, by, a bit like being Gary Cooper in high noon, out, outnumbered in a big way. But I remember the story of a fellow who was running for office as a Republican and he was in a rural area and it wasn't known to be Republican and he stopped by a farm to do some campaigning and when the farmer heard he was a Republican his jaw dropped and he said wait right here till I go get Ma she's never seen a Republican before <laughs> so he got her and the candidate looked around for a podium from which to give his speech and the only thing he could find was a pile of that stuff that Bess Truman took 35 years trying to get Harry to call fertilizer. <laughs> so he got up on the mound, and when they came back, he gave his speech. And at the end of it, the farmer said, that's the first time I ever heard a Republican speech. And the candidate said, that's the first time I've ever given a Republican speech from a Democratic platform. <laughs>
right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so very much for uh, staying with me through that very brief break. Uh, obviously, uh, getting some of the uh, sounds of the season into the bumper rotation as we play a little bit of Christmas music. Desperately trying to spread a little Christmas cheer because, man, if we ever needed it, 2020 is the year. No kidding, no doubt. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, I want to give a quick shout out to G Still Learning, who's joined us in the chat room. Welcome to the uh, show. Hope you uh, hang around and uh, engage, enjoy what you hear. And uh, in the meanwhile, we've already covered a lot of ground, but uh, something is its ugly little head. It's that that same level of swampiness that we were kind of hoping might be eliminated. It's it's making its way back to the direction of D.C. If Joe Biden becomes the sworn-in, inaugurated occupier of 16 Pennsylvania Avenue, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, come January – then we're going to see a return. It's not going to be a return to normal, although that's what they keep trying to play it off. Sometimes you don't want normal. You don't want the the status quo. That's why a lot of us got together and decided to send Donald J. Trump to the White House in the first place. We didn't like the normal. We didn't like the way D.C. ignored the people and – was more than happy to spend all of our money, was more than happy to keep taking more and more of it and give us nothing in return, completely ecstatic to ignore the limitations that the Constitution puts on them. They they were, in the truest sense of the word, a swamp. I mean it was an imagery play. It was a metaphor we used, but at the end of the day, it's way more literal than – Literary, uh, in this case. Literal, literary, yeah. Still try to play on words. But part of this return to normalcy we're seeing uh, involves people that Joe Biden uh, has been announcing he intends to be part of his administration. The presidential nominee of the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, uh, is picked for some of the top spots in his potential administration are kind of bringing with them, well, a whole lot of potential ethics issues. Not that we're surprised by this, but again, in case you happen to accidentally be someone who's just now discovered that alternative media outlets might be just as good of a source of information and actually might be willing to share with you information that the legacy media folks, sadly including Fox News now, simply won't tell you about, then you may not be aware of these potential ethics issues. In fact, you're being spoon-fed a steady diet of, these are the greatest Americans to ever live. Uh, They're not. A number of his nominations and appointees are Former government officials who left government work in the uh, private sector. They left government to work in the private sector. Two firms specifically are personnel pipelines that Biden's used to staff up. The consulting firm of West X Advisors, which is you know uh, West Execs uh, basically, uh, and the investment fund 
Pine Island Capital Partners. Now, this, according to the New York Times, you know, not exactly a bastage of conservative thought there. But uh, as the Times reported, quote, West Exec's founders include Anthony J. Blinken, Mr. Biden's choice to be his secretary of state, and uh, Michelle A. Flournay, which I'm probably butchering, but it's, it's a French-sounding name, and uh, you know, East Tennessee tongue being what it is, uh, is well, Michelle uh, is one of the leading candidates to be his defense secretary. Among others to come out of West Exec are Avril Haynes, Mr. Biden's pick to be his director of national intelligence, Christina Killingsworth who is helping the president-elect organize his White House budget office, Eli Ratner, who's helping organize the Biden transition at the Pentagon, and Jennifer Pansky, an advisor on Mr. Biden's transition team. Now, at the same time, Mr. Blinken and Ms. Flournery, or I, again, I no disrespect intended on the British pronunciation of the name. It's your policy and political mindset I have an issue with. I don't mean to be disrespectful on your name. Uh, anyway, these two have served as advisors to Pine Island Capital, which this month raised $218 million for a new fund to finance investments in military and aerospace companies, you know, among other targets. Now, I, I want you to think about it. These people are moving into areas of a Biden administration, should they be confirmed and allowed, uh, which would have oversight in the military, and they just raised $218 million to fund uh, finance investments into military and aerospace companies. So right out the gate, we have some serious conflicts of interest. Are you being told this by the legacy media? No, no, no. You see, even the New York Times, they're letting some of this information out, but they're not connecting the dots. No, it's still up to you, boys and girls, to, to do your own homework and to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And that's what you have to do here. Now, Biden spokesman Andrew Bates said that all members of Biden's administration with ties to West Execs and Pine Island would sell any ownership stake and file client disclosure forms. Such clients may be protected by non-disclosure agreements with the firms, and it is unclear whether Biden's nominees and appointees will be required to disclose all former clients. Joe Biden, quoting here from Bates, Joe Biden has pledged the most ethically rigorous administration in American history, and every cabinet member will abide by strict ethics rules and abide by all disclosure requirements. So that's a very, very tricky word right there because it sounds forceful. You're required. But when you stop and think about it, what disclosure requirements are actually required by law when it comes to people who work in this field? Guess who's writing the laws? Guess who's advocating and you know nudging the lawmakers? 
what's actually required to be disclosed in these situations. It's not really clear. And how are you going to know? When the media is in the bag for who they believe to be the good guys, which clearly are not the good guys, but again, yeah, perception and all that. And that's what the legacy media is all about, creating the perception that that's what's normal, that's what's good for America. That's what you as an American should want. Biden saving the day. Never mind the fact that he's uh, groping that uh, nine-year-old and sniffing her hair. It, that's okay. He's just being Joe then. Just being handy, grabby, creepy Uncle Joe. Uh, but it's a big word. Requirements is a big word because it's not as demanding as it sounds. And I'm sorry. I'm reminded of the previous administration that uh, Biden was a part of. You remember Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama, right? I, you know, I, I seem to recall him and Biden and several other people in that administration continually trying to gaslight the American people into believing that they had the most transparent administration in history. So, yeah, I'm I'm not buying into this most ethical, most ethically rigorous administration in American history because. Dude, you're you're already double dipping into some pretty deep waters of people that have been doing some pretty shady swamp type behavior. Starting with yourself, there, creepy, handsy, grabby, barely there, Beijing Biden, sir. Uh, I, I got to get all those out of my system now because you know what's going to happen once. These folks do get power again, and and they're just going to keep coming up with new ways to cheat until they do. So if it doesn't happen this time, if, if Donald Trump fights the good fight and finds a way to win it, and my fingers are still crossed, but he's fighting an uphill battle. I mean, no, make no mistake about it. We best be prepared for fighting that good fight and still coming up short because you know cheaters have a way of at least looking like they've won. When these people do come back into power, though, regardless of when that is, they're coming for voices like mine. They're coming for voices like Chiefs. They're they're coming for the uh, the Sean Hannitys and the Rush Limbaugh. Uh, bless his soul if he's still with us by the time all this transition happens, because you know as as good as he still sounds on the radio when he's on, uh, he's fighting a very tough battle right now, and you know he's. Finally made it public not too long ago that Rush really didn't expect to be with us long enough to see the election. So he's already made it further than he was expecting, and he was expecting more than what the doctors were telling him up front. So I, I don't know if they're going to have a chance to come after Rush, but they're definitely going to be coming after Sean Hannity. They're definitely going to be coming after uh, Mark Levin. They're going to be coming after Glenn Beck. And once they have all those top-tier folks uh, squared away in the re-education camps, then they're going to be coming for people like Annie Ubellis, people like Ron Edwards, people like Don, uh, Don Smith, people like me. They're going to be coming after us because we still deign to speak the truth even when the rest of the world doesn't want to hear it. We're not backing down, not from our freedom of expression and not from the fact that we have a God-given right to protect our republic and to protect the blessings of liberty. 
and their power, their authority, they're not in a position to stop us. So with a number of firms around Washington and with the ties to the <clears throat> incumbent administrations or lawmakers in Congress uh, will take part in revolving door politics. <clears throat> so you have this deal. It's like as one administration moves in, uh, another administration is moving out. So with all these different firms hanging around there, you do see uh, all these different people. It'll just slide into to these positions in the private sector, and then they'll go right back into politics, which is what we're seeing should Joe Biden get his way with his picks. You see this hiring on government veterans and releasing them back into the public sector under friendly administrations to build relationships for their private sector clients. Such relationships can also help a firm get the inside track on government contracts. West Exec advertises it itself with a phrase promoted on its website that suggests some level of revolving door access at play. They literally sell themselves as being exactly what we wanted dispersed. They literally are claiming that – well, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm putting it in layman's conservative think terms, but they're advertising themselves as being the people that help make sure the water levels are just right for the swamp. Bringing the situation room to the boardroom, that's literally what it says. On the homepage of the West Exec's website. And not all that dissimilar. Uh, the people brought on to Pine Island were picked because of their access, network, and expertise to secure the company's opportunities in sectors, including government services industries. That according to the September filing with the Securities Exchange Commission. So they're selling themselves also as someone that has better than average access to the government. So what's all that really mean? Does it, does it matter? Is it going to change anything, the fact that I'm pointing that out to you? No, probably not. It's not going to change a thing. Cheaters are going to cheat, and these people have been playing a game for a lot longer than most of us care to acknowledge. They're playing this game, and it is a game to them. It's a game of how do we steal the most taxpayer dollars? Now, I say steal. Now, they're not really stealing because it's just being handed over to them. You know? But who is it that's handing it over? Well, people like Joe Biden, people like Kamala Harris, people like whoever ends up in this administration. Do you really think we're going to see stringent ethical rigors in this administration? Or are we going to see a very candidate-slash-now-office-holder-friendly legacy media that's just going to refuse to do their job? Although 
you know, a lot of tough talk already. I mean, we've seen outlets like the New York Times come out already and say, we're going to treat Joe Biden exactly the same way we treated Donald Trump. Really? You know, actually, I started to say, uh, I can't wait to see that. And I'll have to see it before I believe it. But actually, they may be telling the truth about that. Really? What do you mean, Tim? What are you, what are you saying? Uh, do you think they're going to be just as hard on Biden as they were Trump? Well, yeah, maybe so. Because, again, remember, the end goal was not to put Joe Biden in the White House. It was to get Donald Trump out. And as soon as Donald Trump is out, then they immediately go to uh, flush the Biden mode. I mean, we, we've been talking about this for a while. They, they've never had the intention of making Joe Biden president. They had the intention of making Joe Biden a placeholder because they couldn't possibly win an election with the people they want to be in charge. I mean, there's just no way. You can't even cheat your way to it because even the Democratic voters at that point would be all up in arms saying, hey, guys, really, there's no way. It's clear. So maybe they will be. Maybe they really will be just as tough on Joe Biden. I mean, uh, they're already uh, reporting on uh, Joe breaking his foot. You know, uh, he was playing with his dog. Was he really? Do we have footage of that, by the way? <laughs> I yeah, uh, I asked because I actually heard somebody else already saying, "Are we sure that's what really happened, or do we think he might have just been a doddering old man uh, walking and then randomly falling and breaking something?" And at first I was kind of like, man, you are cynical. You are more cynical than I am. And then the more I thought about it, it's like, and with good reason, sir. So maybe we should <laughs> be asking for footage. Maybe the New York Times should already be doing a three-page expose into why, why the Biden uh, team put out a false statement. Because clearly he wasn't playing with the dog. The dog came up and said <laughs> – yeah, Biden has a talking dog now. The dog came up and said, how dare you touch that small child? Rawr, and knocked him down instead. Was going to bite him on the backside. But somebody was there to save him just in time. Looks like the Secret Service is earning their money. All right, so that's, that's where we're at. I mean, none of this is a surprise, right? None of it is a surprise. And there's nothing new under the sun. It's just, while I'm Desperately trying to cling to some Christmas spirit and trying to get into the holiday mode and trying to be a beacon of some type of shared, positive, hopeful experience. You know, at the end of the day, Chief was right when he said the other day that uh, for conservatives, a Biden presidency, it, should it be allowed to proceed, will actually be uh, a really good thing because we're going to have plenty of things to talk about, probably even more than we had to talk about under a Trump presidency. And let's face facts. The Donald Trump news cycle was really hard to keep up with. I mean, even if you were on seven days a week, which, whew, wouldn't want to have to do that. I mean, give me a give me a day or two off. But even if you were on seven days a week, three hours a day, you would not have run out of things to talk about. Now, I might have got a little monotonous talking about similar stories or continuing to talk about the same story when the next chapter of that story came along. But, man, it was – there was no slowing down under Trump, and Biden would be just as good. I mean the Uber gaffe machine, the sexual predator 
that he appears to have been in and certainly still has no problem whatsoever getting inside somebody's personal space bubble. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. The fact that Joe Biden did so many things during this campaign, putting hands on people, grabbing people, calling people names, you lying dog-faced pony soldier, you, literally telling people to go vote for somebody else, all these things have ended campaigns. Less than that has ended campaigns. I just miss the days when the media, even though you knew they leaned to the left, was still – still at least willing to do the job of the media, and that is inform you of what's going on, telling you the truth about the things that happen. I remember Sam Donaldson, who without a doubt was one of the most left-leaning folks in the media at that time, and probably still would give a run for the money uh, as far as how far to the left in the media today, but he still took such a level of glee in reporting about Joe Biden's plagiarism issues. I mean, it, now, if you go back and watch any of the footage from that time frame, he is just almost giddy. He's so joyous to take down Joe Biden a peg or two. Now, somebody would probably threaten to off him for attacking like that. Uh, anyway, that's going to have to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, remember, when all else fails... No matter what you've heard from me tonight, please do not take a single word of what I said to you as gospel. It's time for you to go do your own research. Use a little bit of effort. I know it's hard, but it's worth it. Engage in critical thinking. Think about the things that have happened because the most important part of anything else you can do with any of the topics I've brought up and other topics that we will is to use your brain if you really Want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, and, you know, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. I'm out for now. I'll be back tomorrow, at least. That's the plan. Join me then. I suspect Ron uh, Edwards will be with me, as is the norm, at least for the first hour. And in the meanwhile, for now, I'm out. Have a great evening, everybody. <laughs>